We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. It's always a delight to talk to the great KC Johnson, and he joins us now on the score hotline, which is powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. KC, how are you, buddy? Morning, guys. What's going on? Well, um, you know, I, I, I was just telling David earlier when we were talking off the air that I don't know what to make of the Bulls. I'm not sure what to make of them. I, I thought they had gotten a little bit better, and now it seems like it's a bit static and – you know, you lose that game to Cleveland. They just have – you got to beat teams you're better than. You got to be better than teams. And it just bothered me, uh, a couple of these performances. And, frankly, the whole ring of honor thing, it just put a lot of things kind of into a spiral that have nothing to do with this team and and this moment in time. Yeah, yeah, it's been a tough week for the Bulls. Uh, they're not better than Cleveland, by the way. Newsflash, okay, yeah. Cleveland, but but they did not play well that night in Cleveland. Um, and yeah, I mean they're they're just an average basketball team. I mean, mm-hmm. I think all of our expectations going into the season were pretty low, but I did think they you know be a, a little bit better than five hundred. So the fact they're under five hundred is just a byproduct of that really slow start, that five and fourteen start. They are playing better, but it's also it's not really translating to the stats. I mean their their offensive rating is still languishing in the bottom third of the league. Their defense um for a while there had had vaulted up quite a bit, but that has slipped lately. They've been giving up some huge quarters, that forty eight point quarter to the Golden State Warriors, thirty nine point quarter to the Spurs, and then another forty point quarter in Cleveland. So yeah, it's just uh, it's it's uh, going to be interesting to see how management tries to get out of this, and obviously with the trade deadline three weeks from today, they've got uh, they've got some work to do. KC, it was great to see you last Friday night, and I thought you handled that situation as well as you could have with the booing of Jerry Krause, and then afterward talking to Thelma Krause. So well done on NBC Sports Chicago. Bulls play the Raptors tonight, and as you said, we're kind of waiting for something to happen. Meanwhile. In the Eastern Conference, the team they're playing tonight, the Raptors, made a huge deal yesterday with the Pacers. Three first-round draft picks for Pascal Siakam, and that is an all-star forward going to Indiana. When are the Bulls going to make a deal that makes everybody look and say, wow, because I know they don't have the draft capital, but how do you look at what that does to maybe the Eastern Conference? Uh, I don't want to say balance of power because it's not a top-four team, the Pacers, but I do wonder what you think of it. I like the move for the Pacers mostly because they can't really get players or they don't, I shouldn't say can't, they typically don't get players of that caliber in free agency. So it's clearly to me a, a trade. Uh, it's almost like a free agency, free agent acquisition via trade. Um, and obviously I can't see how they'd be giving up three first round picks without an under the table or, a, you know, strong communication with the agent that Pascal Siakam's going to resign there. So, I would expect him to resign resign in Indiana. 
So it's a good deal from that perspective. Yeah, I mean, Toronto's doing the move that I just think the Bulls have been hesitant to make. They've they've obviously traded Ananobi and, and now Siakam. And, uh, you know, the the 2019 title team is, is going into a reset now. And, and uh, Bulls management, for whatever reason, has been, been hesitant to do that to this point. And as far as when are they going to make a move, I mean, They've been trying. I mean, they it, the Zach Levine relationship is is headed toward towards a divorce. Both sides would like to see a change, and it, it takes another team, sometimes two teams, to make that happen. And to this point, the Bulls have not been able to find a suitable, um, you know, partner. So uh, if it does not happen by February eighth, I would certainly assume that it would be revisited in the off season, uh, just like it was. Just like it was visited last off season, I mean, it's just like it—it it, it just has that feeling of a, a relationship that needs to to, to end, uh, that is headed towards a divorce. And um, you know, I, I've reported, other people have reported that management's focus is on Levine's future first, and then they kind of want to see, you know, what how the roster shakes down until they make decisions on other people. They might be forced to change that approach because. If they can't find a Levine taker, you know, DeRozan's up after this year, so they have to make a decision on him. Uh, Caruso will obviously always attract phone calls. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a, a, a lot of eyes on management uh, between now and February 8th. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I just worry about that relationship. I mean, he seemed like he was, he was going to be gone and he changed his tone and we know that things are not great. And then the reports just keep coming out. Well, and by the way, there's no market. Uh, here's another team that doesn't want him. It, it just seems like, as you say, as much as this seems imminent, I don't know what you're going to get done. And I, are they looking to just get rid of the contract? I mean, you know, you kept this guy for a reason and I don't know what it is now. Yeah, to, to this point, I have not heard uh, that the Bulls would be so uh, inclined to end this relationship that that, that it would be a salary dump. I, it, to, to me, that's that's irresponsible. I mean, if you sign a guy to a max contract and then just literally take whatever deal comes your way, you know, like let's 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 talk specifics. I mean, if if the Lakers offer D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura and, and a first round pick. I just don't see how you make that deal for Zach Levine. I mean, no matter how bad, uh, you know, how much this feels like it's headed towards a divorce, that that's just not a good. That's just not a good trade. Uh, I mean, and, and and the Bulls know that. So to this point, I have not heard that that they're going to just trade him just to get off of off of his money. Now a lot can change between now and February eighth, but that's that's where it's at now. And you know, the other thing I would point out, guys, is you know we're around this team all the time. It's not a toxic situation. I mean, Zach is not that kind of person. He he's, he's a willing listener. Um, he has good relationships with his coaches and teammates. Um, it, it's not like this daily toxic situation. It's just not, that's just not how Zach is wired. I mean, Kobe white has said multiple times about how encouraging and upbeat Zach has been since Zach has returned from his foot injury about his about his play and, and Kobe has said, you know, Zach is is pumping me up. Like keep keep cooking. I'm just trying to get you in a rhythm. I mean that's not a 
that's not a sign of a selfish, cancerous player. So um, that's to me is the silver lining in all this is that while it does feel like a tennis for divorce, it's not something that is impacting the team negatively on a daily basis. I think what happens is that we start looking at the, the trade deadline and it seems like we've been talking about this for six weeks or so because we have. And then you see the Pacers' big move. Then you see the Pistons made a trade that might have had more of an impact on, on what the Bulls may do or what they may get. How did that affect the process? And and you think that it is just a matter of because the trade demand came such a long time ago, it feels like they're, they're, it's it's such a stagnant situation. Well, it's just more because they don't. nobody wants them. <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, it's like the, the market is not materialized for them. I, mean, I, I just don't see how that's like the Bulls' fault. I mean, you know, it's like – Last summer, they had, had exploratory talks uh, with him uh, uh, regarding him. Uh, they, they checked in on Lillard. They checked in on Hart. And, you know, nothing was nothing was able to, to happen then. And, and then, obviously, this season, you know, Zach's they, – they started losing and the frustration over the, him get, him getting shopped all the time and the losing led, led Zach and his representatives to kind of take the position that they've taken. So that created a – a different situation because yes, it was an early salvo in this uh, because it was well before the league really kind of even opens up for trade business. It was even before the November 15th. Um, uh, I'm sorry, the December, December 15th, uh, uh, you know, restrictions lifting. So it's just been a messy situation. But like I said, um, the bulls to me cannot just trade Zach just to trade him. Uh, you know, I've heard people talk about addition right. by subtraction. I don't, I don't subscribe to that theory. This is a guy who was a two-time All-Star, and until this season, was one of the most efficient and effective scorers in the league. Now he has had a, a poor season; he has not played to his standards. Um, but if you're salary dumping a max player who, as recently as last season, had a true shooting percentage over sixty percent, I, I, I don't. I don't see that. That's just, I think that's a bad move for your franchise. And like I said, the fact that it's not a toxic situation on a, on a daily basis strengthens that position from my perspective. So, you know, a lot can change in three weeks, guys. You guys know that. So we'll see right. where it goes. But if if nothing changes, you know, look for this to, to re- revisit over the summer. I mean, the less years on his deal, maybe something becomes more palatable for other teams. Uh, you know, I mean, but um, I just don't see how the Bulls can be faulted for not being able to find a trade package when there's just not a lot of, not a lot of strong offers coming, coming their way. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying there. I, I asked uh, David this morning as we were sitting there, are they waiting on Lonzo Ball or something? I'm like, what do they think's going to change moving forward if they can't change anything major uh, at this point? And, I, you know, we know that DeMar, his contract, the future, I mean, I understand all the concerns. But what is – I keep hearing from Lonzo Ball, or I keep hearing that he's coming back, not feeling pain. I mean, do we care? Is he coming back? Will he play again here if he's able to? What What is going on with their thoughts on all that stuff, the team they well, dreamed of? Yeah, so, so two points uh, separately, the Lonzo Ball and then also just kind of management's thinking is that – I mean, management didn't expect to be in this position. I mean, they thought they would be much improved this season because mm-hmm. of the, the finish. And, and I'm going to just lay out what, they're, the, what I understand their thought process to be. I'm not, I'm not defending this or supporting this. I'm just going to lay it out there. So you heard ad nauseum from them about the 14-9 finish, you know, the, the play-in victory and the, near, the, 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 the close play-in loss to Miami. And in their thought process, you know, add a couple of solid veterans and Carter and Craig have the young players like white and Williams develop, which one of them has. Um, and then, you know, tweak the offense so that the big three potential is reached. Um, and you know, that, that was the thinking. So, you know, Zach didn't play well to start the season. Then he got hurt. Kobe ascended. Patrick Williams is still kind of just showing flashes, but, having disappearing nights some other nights. Um, you know, the the veterans, Craig's been hurt. He played pretty well, but he's been hurt lately. Carter's, you know, probably not been utilized as much as everyone thought he would be because of White's play. So that's why, the, you know, that's why. Now, everyone else, last trade that I was like, this core's not working. They got to break it up. Mm. But, you know, management didn't make that decision, so they thought, by keeping the core and those things happening that I already detailed, that they'd be better this year. They lost a lot of clutch games last year. They thought they'd be better in clutch games this year. They thought with that 14 to nine finish. So that's kind of why the bulls are where they are. As for Lonzo, that's completely separate and no management's not clinging to some hope that Lonzo Paul's coming to rescue the day anymore. If he even does return to the NBA, it would be one of the more remarkable return stories of all time. Um, and at this point, you're just rooting for that guy to have a normal life. I mean, he had a cartilage transplant. He had He's had three left knee surgeries. He's not played in the NBA for over two years. So um, they've ruled him out for the whole season, and you're going to get some resolution on his future this summer, whether that's, you know, thoughts that he can come back or, you know, thoughts that he won't, and then you try to get that contract off your books via the injury right. provision. So. Um, no, Lonzo Ball is not part of the thinking anymore. They're just rooting for him on a personal level. A guy who is healthy, KC, one of the biggest offseason signings, Javon Carter, had two DNP coaches' decisions last week. You're right about him. He came back and had a spurt against the Spurs, and he certainly has kept a positive attitude. But what does it say when he's been so up and down? And what are the expectations for him moving forward? Because for a team that doesn't necessarily have consistency shooting from three-point range, you'd like for him to be more consistent. He had a really strong year last season. He played 81 games, shot over 42% from three with the Bucks, uh, averaged eight points in about 24 minutes. It, I don't know if that's just, you know, 
the Giannis factor where, you know, Giannis's gravity is creating so many open looks for him. He has not made the impact that I think a lot of people thought he might. Um, now, in his defense, he has not played very much, and that's all credit to, to Kobe White. I mean, Kobe, I don't think anybody saw this jump coming from Kobe, and, you know, I think that's kind of changed Billy's thinking with the rotation and how he uses Javon. Um, you know, the two-game blip was – at first, a matchup issue. Uh, Houston has big wings, so he wanted to give Dalen Terry a try. And then uh, he thought Dalen played well in that game, so he gave him opportunity the next game. But it has been a little bit un- underwhelming. He's had spurts, and that San Antonio game was another showing of what he can do when he's out there. He is one of the better three-point shooters of the team. I, I just, you know, talking to him briefly yesterday, um, you got to give that guy a lot of credit, and I've seen it with my own eyes. I mean, his attitude in the locker room is exemplary. He's upbeat. He's encouraging teammates. He's a total team guy, no matter his role. And if you, if people haven't seen this piece that I put up on our website, uh, you should check it out. If you want some perspective on a athlete who gets it, because the quotes he gave yesterday after practice were pretty remarkable stuff. I mean, the dude just gets it on every level and um, you know, uh, there's three-point shots out there, so we'll see where he takes them and how Billy uses them moving forward. I, I I don't know what to expect from this team. You know, I, I guess <laughs> playing. Very down. No, very I, down. I just they, – they were awful to begin the year and you couldn't watch it. And all of a sudden, they got better. And you were like, well, this is entertaining. And next thing you know, we're back well, to this. Too. I mean, the Cleveland yeah. loss was bad. They they didn't play well. They they didn't rebound. They gave up too many three-point shots. I mean, tonight's an opportunity, right. even though it's a road game. Uh, Toronto had that unlikely victory last night. Um, you know, but they're playing a back-to-back, and they're kind of in flux with the trade. So, And then they, you know, they go on the West Coast all next week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've got to do it on the court, obviously. Um, but, I, you know, I think they're still – in a different place than they were when they were five and 14. That was unwatchable. That was just bad product. So um, we'll see if they can play better tonight. Casey, we know all about the bad stuff that happened during the ring of honor ceremony, but you were part of some good stuff too. What was one of the more positive things or interactions you had with the team that came back and the players that were there? Well, there was something for Thursday night that was not open to the public. Well, part of well, – no, actually, none of it was. There was a red carpet ceremony that was open to the media, and then they had a private dinner and gala at the United Center on the floor. And, I mean, that is kind of the spirit that I'll remember from the Ring of Honor is seeing those guys just kind of fall into rhythms and, and uh, you know, places of uh, fondness and memories of teammates and coaches and just watching those guys interact. Um and that continued on Friday night behind the scenes. I mean, those guys, I mean, Luke Longley flew a long ass way to get here. I mean, you know, and he, he had a smile on his face the whole time. Uh, Rod Harper, you know, Judd Bushler, you know, it went Randy Brown and went down, down the line. I mean, those guys, and it, it's, I, I also want to keep emphasizing like the 95, 96 team got so much attention and rightfully so because of the 72 wins, but you know, the families of Red Kerr and Dick Klein and Jerry Sloan were there. Right, and Jack, right. Jack Haley's family was there from the 95, 96 team. It was just, there was, I saw a lot of positivity. I know the Thelma and Jerry incident has drawn a lot of negative headlines and rightfully so. 
But I saw a lot of positivity. And then, you know, Phil coming back was a big deal. And that was also the coolest moment of Friday night. I mean, that ovation took you back to the dynasty days. That was a thunderous ovation for Phil Jackson. And, and Phil's you know, in, seeing he's him, in bad shape, right? I mean, he's got issues with his legs. And, I mean, he did his namaste. But I don't know that he can really jump back up as quickly as he once did. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't ask him, so I don't know exactly right. what's going on. I mean, he's had hip surgeries over the years. I know that. Yes. So, yes. Um, you know, but the fact that he was back and the way he was interacting with his players and his coaches was was cool to see. I mean, that was a special time, as we all know. And uh, you know, hopefully, if they do this again and honor another team from the dynasty era, um, it can be a little bit more celebratory than what we saw Friday night because that that just wasn't awesome. good. No, that was bad. And, you know, maybe Michael and Scotty will turn up, maybe not together, but maybe they'll be there. They'll always be invited. That's the that's that's standard company line. That's the standard company line. That's a good one. Thanks. Good stuff, All right, KC. KC. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Take it easy. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.